Wherever you are right now, God sees all that you are and loves you. This is the podcast of Living Hope Church in Medina, Ohio, and I'm Pastor Matt. Thank you for listening. We are a church part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance where we strive to experience deep relationship with Jesus and invite others to see him more clearly. Without further ado, here is the message from our recent worship service. So let me just say it again, happy Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's Day, however you want to say that, but uh, uh, it's a day, right? It's a day where we usually send little Valentine's saying, I love you, or will you be mine, that kind of fun things that we do here in our culture, but it's all wrapped up in this notion of love, right? And so we come to this question of what is love? What is it that we are wanting to be true about the world around us and all of our relationships? What is it that we want to be true of ourselves that we are loved by others and that we are able to love somebody else? And this is a big question of what is love? What is this thing that vast amounts of money are paid for ceremonies to be performed for people to declare their love to each other for a lifetime or songs written and produced and movies made all about this thing called love? What is it that the Beatles say that this is all you need? Or Elvis Presley can't help but fall into this. And Stevie Wonder calls, calls just to say this over the phone. Or Whitney Houston will always this for you. Now these are some of the older songs. How about some newer songs that maybe some of the younger folk might be um, more related to or familiar with? Uh, Justin Bieber sang about what this is last year. He released a video on this day. The group Love, uh, spelled A-L-A-U-V, sings about that getting tattoos together would express this thing called love. And, and Selena Gomez whines about not finding good boyfriends because she ultimately wants love. What is it that many marriages stay together? What is it the glue that keeps them together? Or that many marriages break up because no one... No, one no longer seems to be in this in relation to the other person. So what is love? People still long to know what it is. This question is the third most asked question on Google searches asking what something is. Now, usually Sunday morning messages are directed towards followers of Jesus. And I just want you all to know that this morning I'm going to be directing this Question: the answer to this question, more towards our neighbors, whether you're here or online, uh, as it relates to this question of what is love. Because, you know, the, the answer is not that difficult to find. We all have a common sense understanding of what love is and what it isn't. And so to kind of get our conversation started, I have a little video for you that I'd like you to watch. Due to copyright issues, I am providing a narration for the short video, Paperman. Paperman is a short video of a man meeting a woman. The story is set around the mid-1900s and begins with a man standing on a train platform waiting for his train to take him to work. Out of the side of the frame, a piece of paper flies against his shoulder and then continues on. A woman runs past him and catches that paper. 
She comes back to wait for her train. They briefly make eye contact. As another train comes in, a piece of paper from his folder blows out and against her face. He removes it, and there's clear interest between them. She looks at the paper and chuckles. He looks at it and sees that her lipstick had made a mark. He chuckles and looks back at her, but she is gone. She's already walking onto her train car. She ends up sitting next to the window, and she looks back at him as her train car leaves, and they continue to look at each other until they are out of sight. The next scene is at his work. He is one of many desks in an open room, several office floors above the street level. Each man is a stack of papers. The man looks down on, the, on his desk, and there's the paper with the lipstick mark. He wishes he could see her. His desk is next to an open window, and the wind seems to catch that piece of paper to take it away, but he catches it just in time. As he begins to close the window, he looks across the way and sees in another office building a woman walk into a room. He attempts to get her attention through waving his arms and flying paper airplanes from the stacks of paper on his desk. Every attempt fails. His boss scowls at him multiple times from his office. And as a last attempt, he makes a paper airplane out of his last piece of paper, the one with the lipstick mark. Before he can fly it across the way, though, the paper plane flies out of his hand from the wind and down into the street. He looks across, and the woman gets up from where she was sitting and leaves. He sees her exit the building on the street level down below. Desperate to meet her, he goes to leave, but his boss stops him and dumps another stack of papers on his desk. As the boss turns away, he resolves to go find the woman, and he runs out of the office. He makes it down to the street, but has no idea where she went. He picks up the lipstick paper airplane and hurls it out of frustration. That plane flies around to a nearby alley where many other of his paper airplanes had landed. After a few moments, the paper planes begin to swirl together in a magical sort of way. They swirl and push the man in the direction towards the woman. The lipstick paper flies ahead and leads her towards him. The story ends when all the paper airplanes drop. When they finally meet, they are now together. Boy, it'd be fun to experience that, wouldn't it? To be pursued for something like that to happen. There is something that resonates in us in a very powerful way, and that little short film touches on it. I mean, think about it. The laws of nature were suspended so that the two of them could meet. It was not just magical, but miraculous of what was going on. And we love, we, we look at that and we think, I would love to experience that. Would it not? Wouldn't that be great? And so I want to use that as a platform for asking this question, what is love? All right, so let's begin with this. Where that ended, were they experiencing love? Well, maybe. It could be yes or no, right? Uh, it ends. We don't see the rest of their day. So, so let's just extend the film a little bit, and let's just say they move on. They have the greatest day together. That, the magic that we just saw happen right there continues as they interact, and they, they laugh at each other's jokes. They find out they have so much in common. Everything's like, oh, this is awesome. You know, angels singing from the clouds above. But they have a magical day, and that when he comes to her apartment at the end to say goodnight. 
because I've had such a wonderful day, he says, I love you. So let me ask you this. Is that love saying, I love you, to somebody else? Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. So let's, let's continue to think about this. Um, if saying I love you is not love, then, but yet something is grabbing our attention in this story. And so let's just say the next day he gets up thinking about her. Right? He's at the train stop again to go to work. Remember, she seemed to be out in some kind of job interview, so she wasn't going to be at the same place the next day. But he gets up thinking about her. He's at the train stop again, and another paper flies out of his folder and hits another woman in the face. And he gets caught up in that moment and has another magical day with another woman. But let me ask you this. Did he love the first woman when he said, I love you? No. That's good. Yeah, mushy feelings gone. He's a jerk. Right? That's what she's, she would be thinking. I mean, would we see that first woman after learning about his day? Would she still be all fluttery and be grateful? Oh, I'm so glad you had that wonderful experience again. No. She would be hurt and crushed. Whatever it was, when he said, I love you, it did not match up with his actions. What if that man experienced those magical experiences every day of his life with others? Is he experiencing love? No. You would get the impression he's actually focusing in on himself, right? So what have we learned so far about our understanding of love? Okay, first off, and here's the whole point of this exercise, to show that there's a common understanding of what love is. We all have an idea. Even though it's the third most question asked on Google, what is love, we all have a clear sense of what is love and what is not. And that's all we're trying to do is to surface. We have a general idea whether we cannot, whether or not we can put it in words, we all have an understanding of what real love is. So first of all, here's what we found. Love is not the same as feeling attracted to somebody. Now, but it does seem to be related to some kinds of love. Like we, uh, if a man and woman on, the, on their wedding day, uh, as they get married, and they say, I'm not attracted to you, but I still want to love you. I mean, we would kind of be like, what? Wait, what? What's going on here? And so some kind of attraction seems to be related to some kinds of love, but it's not the same. We've also found out that love definitely includes a desire to know someone. That's what he wanted to do. Right? His, his attention was, was elevated, and when he saw her across the way, he pursued her. He went after her. Because at, at least at a bottom line, Part of love is wanting to get to know another person. Love is also related to commitment to another. Right? We saw this as I brought up other scenarios, like the next day. You know, no, love, he doesn't love the first woman if he's going to go around and have a magical day with other people. It doesn't matter if it's even for the rest of his life. Love is also related to commitment to another. 
And we see that his declaration at that night is false, given what he does that next day. Would his declaration still be false if, say, let's say that he was with that first woman for five years, and then one day he does, he sees another woman on the thing, the platform, the paper flies in her face, and he has another magical day. Would it still, would he still, could we still say that he loved the first woman, even if, even if that was after five years? The answer is no, because there's a time where he broke the commitment. We see that he doesn't love her if he's not willing to be committed to another, because part of love is being committed to somebody else. Now let's say after his declaration of love, he learns more about her. You know, uh, maybe she has this nasty-looking mole on her arm that the, that the cartoonist did not include on that, but he finds out later, right? And, um, or maybe that her hair uh, is actually a wig because she's recovering from breast cancer or something like that. And as a result of some or all of these not-so-pleasant things about her, he stops the relationship. Does he love her? No. So here's another thing. Love includes an acceptance. An acceptance of both the good and the bad, the attractive and the ugly in another. Now we've almost surfaced a well-rounded common understanding of love, but there's one more thing that we haven't touched on. So back to the man and the woman. What would you say if the relationship goes on and he clearly wants to know her, he asks her questions and listens and takes in what she says, and he's committed to her. Like, he's not leaving her, he's, he's, full, he's all in, and he accepts both the good and the bad of her. He, he, okay, the mole doesn't bother him anymore, right? He's, he accepts both the good and the bad. But whenever they eat, he eats what he wants, but only allows her to have bread and water. Or let's say she is diabetic and all he ever wants to eat is foods full of sugar and doesn't really, and takes her along, um, expects her to come along, but doesn't accommodate that need of hers. Would you say he loves her? No, because there's something missing, right? And this is that last one, this well-rounded thing, it's about the good, that loving somebody else includes looking out for their good for their well-being. And in that example, I, I, I list out the other things that we already mentioned, but guess what? Somebody could be committed, could desire to know the other person, could um, committed desire and accept both the good and the ugly, but still not look out for their good and well-being. And so love includes that. Love includes... I love you because I want what's best for you. I'm looking out for you and your good. And so we see that love has boundaries and limits around seeking the good of another. In other words, we can't just seek the good of another and do whatever we want. All right, the example of making her eat bread and water, or going after sugary foods if, when she's diabetic, that is not looking out for her good. And so it goes beyond the boundaries 
of what love is. So notice that love has boundaries. You can't just love whoever you want, however you want. Because love includes looking, seeking after the good of another, it sets limitations and boundaries. And so when we see those conditions met, that we've surfaced right here, we can see love clearly. And those conditions fit in with the marriage relationship, with friendships, or with a parent's relationship with their child. And so to our neighbors, to you who might be here or watching online, to our neighbors, I want you to know that followers of Jesus fully agree with all these conditions of love that we've surfaced. And followers of Jesus agree that love is wonderful and truly magical. Stories like that resonate with us because we are actually seeing the world more clearly. And that brief video is possible only when you understand the world as Jesus understood the world. And so now I want to turn my attention and highlight what are the things that Jesus understood the world to be. So first off, Jesus understood that the one behind everything is loving. And the world was made out of love. Let me say that again. Jesus understood. His understanding of the world that he was lived, lived in and ministered to and spoke and taught, Jesus understood that the one whom he called his heavenly father was behind everything and that this one is loving to the core and that the world was made out of love. In a letter of the Old Testament that is labeled 1 John, uh, the section called chapter 4, verse 8, the writer says very clearly, God is love. God is love. And what that means is that at the core of God's heart is that he's a loving God. And whomever he loves, he's committed to. He wants to know and to be known. He accepts them the good and the ugly. And he also seeks after the one that he loves, their good. So Jesus understood it. When Jesus looked at the world, when we look at his teachings and the way he lived his life, at the core, he understood that the one, the one who made everything, is a loving Heavenly Father. The second thing that how Jesus understood the world is that Jesus understood his purpose. The whole reason why he came was motivated by love. And we see that just by looking at a very well-known verse that many people have heard from seeing that football game raised up, the, the John 3.16, right? It says, For God so loved the world. So the one who made the world out of love, out of love, also loved that which he made. And he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loved the world. And Jesus understood that his mission, the whole reason why he was there, was that he was sent by the one who loves. And Jesus was motivated by that love to do what he did. 
And Jesus passes on to his followers. Those that are supposed to follow in his footsteps. To live as he lived. To follow his example. He commanded his followers to love one another. Because Jesus knew that love is needed for any human person to thrive. We were made for love. That is part of our design, is to love others and to receive love. Another point about where Jesus is coming from, how he understood the world, is that it is out of love that Jesus sacrificed himself for the good of others because he loves you and me. It is out of love that Jesus sacrificed himself. Romans, this is a letter in the New Testament called Romans, chapter 5, verse 8. The author writes, but God shows his love for us. Say, God shows his love. Other translations say, God demonstrates his love. He shows it for us in that while we were still sinners, alienated from God, separated from him, rebelled, we said, forget you, God, we don't want you. In that place, while we were still there, God demonstrated his love, reached out to us through Christ, for us. So this is Jesus' mindset. This is his approach to the world that all of his followers are called to follow after him. It is a world filled with God's love. That kind of perfect love that we all long for. And yet because of the human condition, we are so separated from. And we have such a challenge loving others with that kind of love. It is out of that love that God was motivated. He moved time, space, and history to demonstrate his love through Jesus. I mean, we see that in the story, right? He risks losing his job. He probably did. But he risked it. He said, I don't care. I'm going after this person. I want to know her. And I'm sure there's a question in his heart. Is love here? And he was willing to sacrifice in order to go after it. And that's just a, partly a picture of Jesus. Jesus left his comfort of heavenly throne. And he came down as one of us. And he went through, one could say he went through hell to go to the cross for us, for you and for me, for our good that we might be restored back into relationship with God, become fully alive, fully able to love. The last thing I want to mention, particularly to our neighbors who might be listening, is this reality that love cannot exist apart from God. Love cannot exist apart from God. So if God does not exist, then love, as we all long it to be, is a lie. It's false. 
It's an illusion. That love that we long for cannot exist if God does not exist. Think of it this way. If God does not exist, then that means only the physical world. This is what we're taught in schools, right, about evolution, that just the molecules, things of matter and energy just combined over time, uh, over long periods of time, and created the first living thing. And from there, just got more increasingly complex until one day, hi, here we are. Right? These creatures, but guess what? If matter, molecules, atoms, energy, cannot love. Love is not a physical thing that people in physics labs study. It's not there. And so if the beginning of the universe is only physical, then there's no love at the start. Which means that the basis where, where reality is, there's no love. And so that what, what that means, if that's true, then our longing for love, and all the medical evidence points to that when somebody is loved from the youngest age all the way up, we have a healthy, we have a healthier human being than one who is withheld love. So we were made for love. So how did we get made for love if at the true part of reality, the way the world is, there is no love? How did that come about? So the question I want to ask to anybody with that is, can something come from nothing? In other words, if there's no love at the beginning, how do we get love now? And so the world tries to redefine what love is. Oh, it's just simply the interaction of molecules and hormones in our body. And that's all it is. But we don't act as if all, it, all love is or something going on in our body. We act as if love is real. That's why that video resonates with us. It is pointing to something. Pointing to something that we all long for because we were made for love. And that only makes sense. That can only happen if God exists. Just remember that atoms, molecules, cannot love. Alright, so what are some takeaways here? Two simple takeaways. One for our neighbors who are either here this morning or watching online. I just simply ask you the question, can your understanding of the world, if it is an understanding where God does not exist, how do you account for something that is not physical in nature? Love. Can you account for that? Can you make sense from that starting point? Something that we all long for. There's clear evidence that we are made for love. So where did it come from? Given your understanding of the world. And for those of you watching online, I just invite you to, in the chat, just share where do you, how do you explain love if you think God is not there? If God does not exist? So that's for our neighbors.
Now I want to end with something for followers of Jesus. Here's my challenge to you this next week. Seek to demonstrate. Seek to demonstrate. Show. Do something. Initiate some action. Not just think about it. Do something. Seek to demonstrate the love of God that we have all received. If you're a follower of Jesus, you know that we've received the love of God and it's changed our lives. And so now I challenge you to seek to demonstrate the love of God to someone for the next five days. So in other words, a person each day. Somebody different each day. Just demonstrate. Doesn't have to be big, right? You don't have to leave your workplace to run and chase after somebody. It can be the smallest thing. A text. A phone call. Whatever. Okay? I'll leave that in your court. But there's a challenge. The next five days, seek to demonstrate God's love to somebody that you haven't, either you haven't demonstrated to before, because that can be easy, right? Oh, I've got four people in my family. Guess what? I could do that four days and I'm, I'm all set. <laughs> it's all set until that last day. That's not very challenging. Right? So I want to challenge us to consider how can we demonstrate God's love to people that we don't normally demonstrate and show love to. To be intentional the way God has been intentional with us. Okay, so what is love? Love is a desire to know someone. Love includes a commitment to another. Love is the acceptance of both the good and the bad in another, as well as yourself. And love has boundaries and limits in order to seek the good, the benefit, the thriving another person. And that is the love that Jesus has demonstrated to each of us and has demonstrated to the world. And so if any of you have questions about that, how God has demonstrated his love through Jesus, again, please, either in the chat or connect with me. I'd be happy to share more with you and have a conversation. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your great love. And on this Valentine's Day, would our hearts simply be reminded of your great love? May we not just brush it off. For those of us who have heard it for decades, years, just sounds old, but would you refresh it in our hearts in a new way? We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you heard Jesus speaking to you through the message. If you are in or near Medina, we invite you to join us as we seek to see Jesus clearly. If you are considering who Jesus is, we invite you to visit our other website, 2020jesus.com. Remember, 
Jesus sees all that you are and loves you.